You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Cameron Glasper as he delivers, Am I Following Jesus? How are you doing today? Y'all good? That's right. Central's my home, so we can do a little better than that. How are we doing today, this morning? All right. So, like, like Jason said, I'm Cameron. I'm the worship pastor here uh, at Central Campus, and so... Just know that I'm humbled, I'm honored that I get to, to speak in front of my home campus today. Uh, and so for the past three weeks, we've been in this series called Moments on a Beach with Jesus, and I get the pleasure to uh, wrap that series up for us this morning, okay? Uh, but before I do, I just want to ask a question for the room, just make sure I'm in good company, okay? Um, have you ever been in a situation where you're supposed to be following somebody's instruction or following somebody's advice or guidance or leadership or whatever, or maybe you know somebody in this, in this situation who was supposed to be following somebody and they didn't, like they just didn't, and it didn't go as it was supposed to be planned. Like anybody? Don't leave me out here. Okay. All right, good. I'm in good company. Okay. Now, I remember specifically, it was, it was I was 15 years old, okay? And just like any boy at 15, like my whole reason for living to me in that moment was to drive. I wanted to get my license so I can get a car, so I can drive, okay? That's all I wanted to do, <laughs> okay? So I took every opportunity I could to beg and annoy the bejesus out of my family every chance I could to drive. Like, can I drive to the store? Can I drive on the way back home? Can I drive in the neighborhood? I mean, I annoyed them to no end about driving them. And always it was like, no, not today, or maybe I get a chance here and there, but nothing like I wanted, okay? Now, I remember this. It was one Sunday. And the reason I remember it was Sunday was because we have a family dinner at my house. We do that. It's like a tradition after church. We would gather, have, have dinner together. Now, I remember me and my cousin, Heather, she's also 15 at this time. And so we're at the same age. We're learning to drive together. We wanted to drive around the neighborhood, okay? Now, we asked our parents, legit, hey, can we just drive around the neighborhood? We promise we'll be safe. Like, it'll be fun. It'll be fine. And they were like, no, 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 no. Just being lame, if I'm honest. You know what I mean? And so we begged for I don't know how long, right? And then finally, my grandmother said, you know what? I'll take the kids. I'll, I'll, I'll ride with the kids and, and take them around the neighborhood, right? And my parents were like, um, are you sure you want to do that? And she's like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? And they're like, okay, famous last words, you know? Um, <laughs> and so she takes us, and, and we were going out to the car, and we are ecstatic. Me and my cousin both, we're high-fiving, we're goofing off, we're cracking jokes. We are so excited at the fact that we're going to get to drive around the neighborhood, okay? So as we're walking to the car, my grandmother's trying to give us the do's and the don'ts of the road, okay? Like, don't do this, you need to do this, you need to do... Okay, but here's the thing. We weren't paying attention as she was talking to us. Why? Because we were too excited. Number one, we are too excited and we're goofing off and, and just having a good time thinking about the possibilities of driving in the open road, right? Another thing was because we kind of feel like we had it figured out by now. It's like, what, what, what can this woman tell us about driving? You know what I mean? I've been, we've been doing this for two weeks already, you know? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we get in the car, and I'm sure, I am so sure, I can't say for certain, but I'm sure, one of the instructions involves something like, hey, you might want to make sure everybody's in the car before you put it in drive and take off, make sure everybody's buckled, safe, you know? Um, I'm sure that was one of the instructions, but like I said, we weren't paying attention, so I don't know if that was one of the instructions, okay? So, my cousin Heather, she takes the first lap. She's in the front seat. I'm in the back seat, right? My cousin Heather takes out of the driveway, headed down the road. Um, only problem with that, 
is that my grandmother wasn't all the way in the car when she took off. She had like one leg in the car and she was working on getting the other leg in the, in the car. And I see you laughing like you kind of know where this story is going, and that's fine. So I want to take this moment right now to pause and remind you of something. If you don't remember anything else I say about this story, I need you to remember this. I wasn't driving, okay? <laughs> All right? I just, I just need the appropriate blame to go where it's supposed to go. You feel me? Okay. So Heather takes off for the road, and all of a sudden you hear this loud, woo! And <laughs> I'm not lying. I kid you not. We look. And my grandmother is head over heels, rolling down the driveway. I'm, I'm so serious. Rolling down the driveway. Now, when I tell you I was mortified, I was, in my mind, I was like, we just killed grandma. Like, that's it. She's gone. There's no hope for her. We've lost her. <laughs> like, have you seen that movie, <laughs> Throw Mama from the Train? We literally threw grandmama from an old Cadillac. Like... <laughs> I was, I was mortified in that moment. Now, she was okay. She was okay. But I learned something in that moment. You want to know what I learned? First, I learned, if you eject your grandmother out of a moving vehicle, you're going to be in trouble. Like, that's just something that's going to happen. The second thing I learned, I learned the importance of listening and following directions, okay? So with that, that's what we're going to go today. We're going to ask that same question for us, but I'm going to pose it for us as Jesus followers today, Okay? I think this question is something we should ask ourselves almost every single day as followers of Jesus in this room. And this is the question. It's simple, but am I following? That's the question we should ask ourselves as Jesus followers every single day. Am I, am I following? And how do I know? Like, am I really following? Right? And here's the questions I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about have I arrived or how, do I have it all figured out? Because you're not going to have it all figured out. And you're never going to arrive. Right? Not how often am I going to church not how often do I pray, not how often do I read the word, not, not am I checking off the religious boxes, right? Not how much or how do I measure up with the people around me, am I doing better and worse? No. Am I currently and intentionally following Jesus? See, so with that, today, we're going to share, talk about a story on a beach where this invitation to follow gets extended from Jesus to Peter. And I love this story. I love this story so much because I can identify with Peter in this story. Almost every story about Peter, I find myself in it some way, shape, or form. And maybe you will too um, today. So if you would, if you have your worship center Bibles with you, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10. That's going to be page 1031 in your worship center Bibles there. And as we turn, I, wanna, it, I think it's important for us all to know that Luke is writing to people just like you and me, ordinary people, right? Not Bible scholars, not people who may or may have not grown up in church their whole life, people who don't have the Bible memorized, right? You may have to uh, Google the occasional scripture, you know, shout out to all the, the Bible Googlers out there. Um, he's talking to people just like you and me, ordinary people, right? And he's trying to explain what it means or what it looks like to answer the question, am I following? Let's read it together, verse one. It says, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, same thing. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Now, I want to stop right there because I think everything in the scripture has something of importance for us. So I don't want to glaze over or skim past anything, right? So the first thing I immediately notice is, if you're taking notes, that following Jesus begins with listening. Now, can we say that together? I want to make sure we got this together. Following Jesus begins with listening, okay? Okay. 
See, the thing is, Jesus always built people's faith around their questions and around stories. He, he would answer their questions in order to build their faith, in order to tell them about the kingdom of heaven. And so in order to do that, in order to know if you're really following Jesus, it's simple, but it's crucial. We have to know that following Jesus begins with listening to Jesus, okay? Now let's go on to verse two. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, who was Peter, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore, okay? Verse three. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Now, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, I'm going to stop us right here because I don't want us to miss the tension of this moment, okay? Peter just asked Jesus to let down the nets for a catch. Now, there are two problems with this. You probably already know the first one. First one is, it already says in the text that Peter and his crew had already washed and dried their nets. Okay? Now, this is not an easy process. It's not a little net. It's a big, huge net. And to wash it and to completely dry it is a tedious job. And it's not one that you would do unless you were done fishing for the day. Okay? So Peter is literally asking him, I mean, Jesus is asking Peter to do something very, very tedious that is only done once, and it's when you're done for the day. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, when I read that part about the tediousness of washing and drying, I literally think about my wife and the process it takes for her to get ready for our date night, right? <laughs> All the washing, the drying, the shampoo, the conditioning, the curling, the, the flat iron, and the crimping. I don't even know what that is. Is that a thing? What, I don't know what she does in that hour and 30 minutes that it takes her to get ready for our date night. But I can just imagine her face. If she did all that, get ready for a date night, she comes out and I said, you know what, babe? <laughs> Instead of us going out to that fancy restaurant you like, how about we just go do some yard work, you know? Let's go, let's go pull some weeds and cut the grass and just, let's just get all sweaty. Let's just go have some fun, right? I can just imagine her looking at me like, boy, uh, do you not see all of this, right? You don't see these luxurious curls I just made out of nothing? Like, no, we're not go no, we're going to eat. Like, I can, and I can feel like that's kind of Peter's bent right now, all right? Peter is just like, bro, you don't get it. Like, I, we just washed and dried the nets. We worked, and I love this in the next verse. Simon answered, Peter answers Jesus, and he goes, Master. Now, I don't have context for Peter's tone, right, as he's replying back to Jesus. <laughs> but I can imagine, you know, like when you're having an argument or maybe a disagreement with your spouse or maybe even your kids, right? And you're trying to get them to understand something they clearly don't understand, right? And you use terms of endearment that don't sound like terms of endearment when you use them. Like, okay, listen, honey. <laughs> Uh, let me stop you right there, sweetheart, okay? I don't think you... I feel like, respectfully, this is kind of Peter, Peter's bent right now. He's like, master, <laughs> buddy, check this out. Listen, we've worked all night, and we've caught nothing. Now, the reason why that sentence is important, that we've worked all night and we haven't caught anything, is because that brings us to the second issue. You would only fish at night. Why? Because the water is cool at night. So when the water is cool, the fish will come up to the surface, Right? Now, during the day, the sun is going to beat down on the water. It's going to heat the water up, and the fish are going to go down deeper into the sea. It's going to almost be impossible to catch fish. Right? And so Peter is like taken back like, bro, Jesus, like you don't get it. Like we've fished all night, you know, when you're supposed to fish, and we have caught nothing. And I just imagine Peter kind of being like, listen, bro, Jesus, I love you. You're a good rabbi, teacher, all that good stuff. 
But fishing, this is what I do, okay? You should probably stick to being a rabbi and a teacher. Let me handle the fish, you know what I mean? Like, if I need my boat fixed, I will come to you. I know you're a carpenter, you got good tools and all that stuff, you know? You probably wouldn't have to use your tools, you'd just probably touch it and be made whole, you know? <laughs> but let me handle, let me handle the fish. This is what I do. And I can identify with that, can't you? Like, we, maybe we don't even know that we do this, but sometimes we separate the spiritual and the secular, right? We say stuff like, man, God, I will totally lean into who you are when it comes to, to learning about worship and prayer, the kingdom of heaven, fasting, all of those things, all of those things. But practical stuff, running my business, right? Running my home, meeting deadlines, meeting quotas, doing all of those things, like being a CEO, like that's where I shine. This is, this is my thing. That's how I do it. So let me handle that, Jesus, and you worry about the other stuff. You worry about the spiritual stuff. I feel like we do that a lot, and this is the reason why, because Peter had this problem the same way. I think sometimes the area of our greatest capability is where we think we need God the least. I do, but I think actually it's where we need him the most. You see, Peter was about to realize this. Because here's the thing. Here's what's at stake in this moment. Jesus has asked something of Peter. And no matter if Peter had his doubts, he had his concern, he had his worries, the measure of his faith was revealed in the response to Jesus. Don't miss that. The measure of his faith was revealed in the response that he gave Jesus when Jesus asked him to do something. So let's read what his response was. Verse 5 says, but because you say so, you catch that? But because you say so, not because I think it's going to work, because it's not, not because it's going to help my reputation, it won't, like these fishermen are going to think I'm crazy for sitting this net out in the middle of the day and try to catch some fish when we've worked all night. It's not going to help my reputation. Not that people are going to think I'm crazy, because they will, not because we're going to catch anything, because we won't, <laughs> and not because I just have faith that this is going to happen and I won't look stupid, because I'm definitely going to look stupid when I do this. No, Peter says, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Let's read in verse 6. Let's see what happens. It says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Now, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Uh, did you catch the difference in Peter's demeanor? Before it was like, master, <laughs> dude, relax, right? And now it's, Lord, go away from me. I am a sinful man. I don't deserve to be in your presence. You see the switch? What happened in that moment, Peter realized who he was dealing with. See, Peter realized that he was in the presence of the living God, a God who's powerful, a God who is all knowledgeable who has every tool in it at his disposal to do what he said he's going to do. See, Peter realized that in that moment. Suddenly, his eyes were open. But it was only when he took a step of faith and said, but because you say so, I will do this thing. Then he realized who he was in the presence of. Verse 9 goes on to say, for all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to shore and left everything and followed him. 
Now here's what Peter realized in that moment, if you're taking notes. He realized that following Jesus requires a step of faith to experience his faithfulness. See, following Jesus requires a step of faith to experience his faithfulness. See, sometimes, guys, you gotta put something on the line before God shows up. That's the truth. You may not wanna hear that truth, but that's the truth. Sometimes you gotta put something on the line before God steps in. Because here's the thing, when God is asking something of us, you and me, what he's doing is inviting us into an experience so we can experience more of him, more of him. And when we do that, this is what we'll find, that our faith intersects with his faithfulness. That's what happens when we step out of faith, that we're met with the faithfulness of God. Mark Batterson, um, he's a pastor, he's an author. He has this quote, I love it. He says it this way, he says, you can't build God's reputation if you aren't willing to risk yours. That's good. <laughs> and here's the thing. The only reason we're talking about Peter in this story, the only reason we're still talking about Peter in this story is because in that moment, he decided to do something he's done a hundred times, but he was going to do it God's way. He was going to step in and say, yes, God, because you say so, because I have faith in you, I'm following you because you say so, that's what I'm going to do. See, and Peter, just like you, just like me, guys, church, we have no idea how important a single moment of obedience can be. No idea. But it's crucial because you say so. There's a story of this woman here. She goes to Central. Her name's Shelly. Shelly is a 12 stoner. Um, and Shelly, man, she comes from a broken, broken place. Shelly's had three marriages that failed. Shelly's had history of abuse in her past relationships. Physical, mental, you I mean, you name it. She was abused. Broken. See, here's the thing. Jesus got a hold of Shelly. Shelly met the real Jesus. And then Shelly was on fire for Jesus. So much so, that's right. So much so. She was like, listen, I want everybody to experience what I'm experiencing right now. I want everybody to experience the grace, the restoration, all of the things that come from Jesus himself. I want everybody to experience it. So much so like, you know what? I think, I, I think God is calling me. I want to lead a small group. You're like, okay, Shelly, great. Next time uh, small group season rolls around, we'll get you registered. We'll get you to lead these people, and, and, and it'll be great. And Shelly's like, nah, I'm, I'm ready now. I think God is calling me to do this right now. And we're like, okay, all right, well, okay, well, here's the thing. We're more than welcome to help you, more than glad to help you, but the recruiting is going to be on you. You're going to need to recruit your group, and you're going to lead them, and we'll help you along the way, but it's going to be on you. And Shelly says, okay. Now listen to this. Shelly has nine people, nine women in her small group. Four of those people at the time had never said yes to Jesus and didn't know who Jesus was. Now can you imagine the boldness? To walk up to people who don't know Jesus and say, hey, I know you don't know Jesus, but would you want to be in a small group about Jesus? You know? <laughs> but that's what Shelly did. And here's the thing, my favorite part of the story. Two of those four, two of those four women had already said yes to Jesus now. Come on. That was good. They said yes to Jesus. And now Shelly's on fire more than she ever has been. Like, she is like, you know what? Like, I've seen my faith and God's faithfulness intersect. I am on fire. And those other two, oh, they better get ready because Jesus is coming, you know? <laughs> she, she is ready and she is on fire. 
I had a chance to talk with her after the nine o'clock service, and she said, look, this is what I want the people to know. Like, I am just so grateful that somebody as broken as me, broken as I was, broken as I still am, could be used to lead other broken women and to share the love of Jesus with them. I want them to know that, that it's possible, that it doesn't matter where you've come from, it doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter the mistakes that you've made, like, God still intends to use you for his glory. Yeah, give it up for Shelly. Here's the thing. This is what Shelly realized. This is what Peter even himself has realized. And something we all need to realize, if you're taking notes, is that following Jesus, it's not about being the best. It's about being willing. Can we say that together? That following Jesus isn't about being the best. It's about being willing. See, here's the thing. Jesus chose the B team, right? He chose fishermen, people with other skills, like, because he did not want the credit to go to their ability, but his ability, his power working through them to, to attain the goal that he's looking for. And here's a newsflash for us, guys. If you haven't noticed this already, God doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. He doesn't need your ability. He gave you your ability. He doesn't need it back. He wants you to be willing, willing and available to be used by him. See, he's want people who will be willing to do something they've done a hundred times, but to do it his way. See, here's the thing. Peter wasn't a, a Bible scholar. He didn't go to school to be a theologian, right? He's not a pastor. Neither, neither is Shelley. Like, they're not pastors and, and Bible scholars. They're just people who fell in love with the real Jesus, chose to follow him. And when he asked something of them, they said, but because you say so. That's all it is. And that same invitation is available for anybody in this room. It's not about being the best. It's about being willing. Because he doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. And here's the thing, church. I know for sure that in this coming season, God is going to ask some things of us. It may be things that you've never done before. Or it may be things that you've done a hundred times over. But he wants you to do it his way. Here's what I mean. You're going to go to meetings at work. You're going to take a co-worker out to lunch. You're going to have barbecues with your neighbors. You're going to take your kids to soccer and baseball and football practice, right? You're going to be around your family. You're going to take your kids to get ice cream. You're going to do all these things, but God wants you to do it his way. Here's what I mean. Um, a couple years ago, me and my family, uh, we were at the mall, and we were shopping, and we were just getting some things, and we decided, hey, let's, let's take a break. Let's get some lunch. So we go to the food court, and we get down. We start sitting down, and we eat our lunch. Now, it felt, it felt like out of nowhere, because I have no idea where this woman came from. I don't. But some woman came and sat kind of pretty much right next to us. It immediately, you could tell that she was broken. Right? You could tell, like, her, she had been crying. She looked a mess she had a blank stare on her face. She was not speaking to anybody. She wasn't moving. Like, you can tell that she's been through. You know how you can look at somebody's face, and you can see their whole story on their face? You can see their whole life on their face and by the way that they're carrying themselves. And this woman had been through it, okay? And I'll be honest, it threw me off a little bit. Why? Because it's the mall, right? You don't expect to see people going through this, this, this brokenness in front of everybody at the mall. Like, it's the mall. Everybody's happy at the mall. They're all spending money they don't have. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's the mall. It threw me off. 
But in the rare occasion that I ever see somebody dealing with something, like maybe they look like something just not quite right with them and they're, or they're upset or something like that, what I would usually do, and I don't need you to judge me, what I would usually do is pray for them as I'm walking away from them. <laughs> you get what I mean? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, I would, I would pray as I'm walking away. Like, don't judge me. This, like, you know how it is. You see somebody going through something or something not right, and you're just like, ooh, Lord, bless that. Whatever that is, touch it. Uh, your faithfulness is new every morning. Just be with them. You just start saying stuff that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that's my system, okay? <laughs> don't judge me. And that's what I was very much intended and prepared to do. I was going to pray for this woman as we were getting our food and leaving, right? But then God, annoyingly, <laughs> says to me, I want you to go talk to that woman. And I said, no, I ain't doing that. Uh, <laughs> no, Lord. Okay. See, God, I don't know if you know how my system is set up. See, how my system is set up is I pray as I'm walking away. Now, I know you heard my prayers, but you probably weren't watching me as I was praying. What I was doing was walking away when I did it. Plus, we're eating, and you know, man, once those waffle fries get cold, like, <laughs> they're good for nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know it's true. But God was like, no, I, I want you to go talk to that woman. So I wrestled with it for like three to five minutes. I really did. Because like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to approach this woman. I don't know this woman. I don't know what to do. Like, but I, I go. I walk up to her. <laughs> and the first thing that came out of my mouth was like, ma'am, um, are you Okay. She was like, duh, no. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but she didn't say anything. She just, she kept her head down and she just shook her head. And I said, okay, well, well, ma'am, do you want to talk about it? Same response. Nope, we don't want to talk about it. And in that moment, I was thinking, thanks a lot, God. Like, what was that? <laughs> you just sent me on a dummy mission. Like, that woman don't even want to talk to me. What am I supposed to do? And I was prepared in that moment still to leave. Like, I was like, okay, she doesn't want to talk, fine. I, went up. I tried, you know what I mean? But you know how the Holy Spirit just steps in in a moment? And he starts using you? Because you know, like, you know the words that you're saying, the things that you're articulating in that moment are not coming from you. It's something otherworldly. It's like the Holy Spirit has gotten a hold of you, and now you're operating under some other power, Right? That's what happened in that next moment because I just, I literally just looked at her and I said, well, ma'am, I don't know you, but God wants me to tell you that he sees you, he hears you, and whatever you're carrying in this moment right now, you can give it to him because he loves you. That's good. And she, she just looked at me tears in her eyes. She just shook her head as if to say, you know, I know. And that was really it. That was the moment. Me, me and my family, we left and, and that was the end of it. But you see, what you notice is there's no pretty bow at the end of that story, right? Because the thing is, I, I've never seen that woman since. I don't know what happened of, of her life. I don't know if it got better or worse. I don't know. But here's what I do know. In that moment, I was a mouthpiece for God. I was used by God and the Holy Spirit in that moment to give life, to speak life over somebody who was going through it, carrying something that they weren't meant to carry. And sometimes, guys, that happens. Every story is not going to end with this happily ever after. You're not going to, or you may not know the end result, but I know that God uses our obedience 
to bless others. He uses our obedience, that's right, to strengthen our faith. And that's what happened in that moment. Man, I was prepared to do it my way. You know, pray, get out. But God called me to do it his way. And when we're talking about what his way is, this is what his way is. Remember nothing else. His way is valuing people. You can write that down. It's not in your notes. But his way is valuing people. So here's what I want you to do. I encourage everybody in your communities, in your home, at your job, with your families, look for ways to add value to people. Then think of ways to add value to people and then do things that add value to people. Anytime you're in a conversation, engage in the conversation with the intent to add value to people. And if people look at you crazy and they're like, why, why are you being so nice to me? Why are you doing this? Like, you can look at them and say, it's because of Jesus. That's right. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to be weird about it, okay? Like, don't try to be all spiritual and be like, oh, my brother. It's, <laughs> it's simply because of Jesus. Now go in peace. Like, don't be weird. You can make it plain, you know? You can say something like, listen, I follow Jesus, and I love him, and I have value to him, and so you have value to him, which means you have value to me. That's it. That's what we're called to do, to add value to people, to spread the love of Jesus to people. He doesn't need our ability. He just wants our availability. And here's why he wants our availability. Verse 10 says this. Then Jesus said to Simon and Peter, hey, don't be afraid, because from now on, you're going to fish for people. And if you're taking notes, this is the last blank. Following Jesus means catching people. Let's say that together. Following Jesus means catching people. This is the essential part of being a Christian. God has called all of us as followers of Jesus to catch people. It's not designated or designed just for a select few. It's not just for pastors. It's not for just a Sunday morning. Everybody in this room who calls themselves a follower of Jesus, we're called to catch people for the kingdom of God. That's what we're called to do. And church, if that's not our heart, we have to ask ourselves, am I following? Am I following? Am I really following? But here's the thing. The new vision of 12 Stone, our heart here at 12 Stone, is that everybody can have a chance to lead somebody to Jesus. Everybody. And we have a plan for that. We're not going to leave you out to dry. We, we have tools available for you to, to do that. See, part of one of the classes that we're going to offer in this Sunday, Sunday night new vision that we have is going to be a share your faith class. It's going to where you're going to have the opportunity to have tools to equip you to share your faith with those around you. Okay? Now, here's the thing. They're just tools. You still have to step out. And when you step out, those tools become weapons by the power of the Holy Spirit for the kingdom of God. That's how it works. You get the tools and you step out and God uses that. He uses you to spread the love of Jesus around other people. Now, I'm at home. This is central. Like, this is my place. Like, so I'm going to talk like I'm at home for a second. I believe there's some of us in here who know exactly where God has called us out. You know exactly where God's calling you to step out, take a step of faith, and say yes to him. And you haven't moved yet. But yet we're wondering why our faith seems stagnant. 
why our relationship with Jesus feels like it's not moving or going anywhere. Maybe it's because we're not going anywhere. Maybe it's because we're not moving. But God has called us to it. And what other choice do we have but to be obedient to what he's calling us to? And we know that when we do, our faith is going to be met with his faithfulness. So as we close, ask yourself, am I following people? Am I following Jesus? And this is how you know. If you're listening to God, if you're taking steps of faith, if you're being available to be used, and if you're catching people, that's how you know if you're following. Listen, we're going to sing a song that we've been singing the last couple of weeks, and I love this song for two reasons. One, because it's a confession of the condition of our hearts. It's great to come into God's presence and just be honest about where we're at. And for some of us, maybe you can walk in the room today and say, man, I'm strong, I've had a good week, I feel great. You can walk in here and we celebrate that with you. But for some of us, you may walk in and go, man, I'm tired and I'm broken and I've been kind of beat up this week. And you know what, that's okay too. Because Jesus loves you just as you are. And that's the first reason I love this song. The second reason is because it's just a celebration of the love of God. Because the love of God is that thing that loves us just the way we are, but also he loves us too much to leave us that way. And so listen, we want to invite you to sing. We want to to invite you to lift your heart today and connect your spirit to the spirit of God just through confession and the celebration of God's love. And so would you lift your voice with us and let's sing. Let's worship the King of Kings in this place this morning.
Give him praise the way he loves us today. 